Today on State Scoop's Priorities podcast from Scoop News Group, Virginia's approach to agency collaboration, the latest in digital government in Connecticut, and why a former New York City and New Jersey tech leader moved to the private sector. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Illinois has a new CIO. Governor Pritzker is tapping Sanjay Gupta as the state's new CIO. Gupta was most recently the CIO of the Executive Office of Immigration Review, an agency within the Justice Department. Before that, he was the CTO at the Small Business Administration. Gupta replaces Jennifer Ricker, who left the post in January. Brandon Ragel had been serving as interim CIO and will step into the deputy secretary role at the department. Government Sourcing Solutions, an IT procurement consulting firm, has hired a cadre of former state CIOs. Most recently, Teresa Cesarek joined the company. She was CIO of Colorado from early 2019 until September 2020. She joins Mike Leahy, who was most recently the CIO of Maryland, and John Quinn, Vermont's former CIO at the company. California's chief data officer is stepping down. Joy Bonagura will leave state government after more than three years in the job. During her time, she oversaw the merger of the state's data analytics bureau with the state's digital services agency. She says she'll take a sabbatical before moving into her next job. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Virginia CIO Bob Osmond says his experience as an agency CIO is informing how he approaches ensuring state agencies get the services they need from the IT office. Osmond, who joined the Virginia Information Technologies Agency last year, says he's committed to being a trusted partner to those agencies. He tells me how he's doing it. Fundamentally, what we're trying to do in Virginia is to make government work better. So uh, if you look at uh, some of the agency goals that are going on within uh, some of our key agencies, uh, things like Right Help Right Now, uh, the Bold Blue Line, uh, the all of the above energy plans, uh, these are very uh, substantive, substantive transformative initiatives that are happening in our, in, our, in our agencies. And technology is a part of it. So what we're trying to do within the Virginia IT agency is to be a better partner to help uh, employ technology more effectively within each of those agencies as they work to drive their transformation objectives. That's great. And so, you know, when you when you dive into any one of those projects, mm-hmm. right, how are you get wrapping your head around it? How are you aligning, you know, sort of that, that core IT function with getting some of those things done? Well, for, for, for the way we look at the challenge is, is that we look at it through four different uh, services that we offer. The first is procurement. How do we buy the right products? How do we buy them in the right, right way? How do we make sure that we're applying enterprise scale and enterprise buying power to get best value from industry? Uh, the second thing we look at is how to provide rock solid infrastructure, how to provide strong network and user compute server storage, cloud-based products and services, and cyber, most importantly, cybersecurity, to make sure that the technology that we're putting in place is gonna deliver and is dependable, reliable, and repeatable. Uh, and then, then we're also looking at, at the world of, um, of enterprise solutions. What we're finding is that, uh, is that the, the types of solutions available are very quickly become seem very complicated. Uh, solutions like robotics, solutions like uh, low-code, no-code technologies, artificial intelligence, different types of data analytics, um, and, and, and as we learn about generative AI. All of these different uh, capabilities are coming into the marketplace. Each of them represent uh, massive opportunities that we, that we can deploy to help our agencies better execute their missions and achieve their objectives. And so the, the, the role that we play within IT is to help our agencies make informed decisions, to look at those different problems that they're trying to solve, 
uh, serve as, uh, as strong business analysts, business partners, strategic advisors, help them navigate that space so they can make good decisions and best utilize technology to their benefit. You know, and, and, and Vita uh, operates maybe a little differently than some of the other central IT offices that are represented at a conference like this. I mean, how are you working specifically through the functions of Vita to, to, to deliver on some of that stuff, right? You talk about RPA, you talk about AI. I mean, I think, how are you trying to get that stuff in the hands of agencies for them to do what they need to do? Well, well fundamentally, we recognize our customer-focused mission. So uh, that uh, at Vita, we are um, basically built around a partnership. Uh, some agents, some states are, have central IT, some have decentralized IT. Uh, Virginia is a hybrid IT organization, so in the sense that agencies uh, operate their own applications. Uh, central IT provides the fundamental infrastructure and procurement services. We work together to deliver solutions to the benefit of all Virginians. So that spirit of teamwork is core to our mission. The second part is recognizing the, the customer-centric nature of the work that we're doing in terms of recognizing that the strategy of IT, the technology of IT, needs to serve the business. So each of our agencies have strategic business plans, they have goals, they have objectives, they have objectives and key results. The role of technology serves that purpose. So we have to make sure that technology is in alignment with what they're trying to do so that we don't take them in a di direction that they don't want to be. Yeah, so you come to the job from the, the Department of Transportation as a CIO there. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what the transition has been like and sort of how you're taking your, your background mm -hmm. in Virginia into planning for the future of the agency. Sure. The transition has actually been amazingly smooth. Uh, one of the nice things about uh, this role is that having worked in the Department of Transportation for seven years, I was a customer of Vita. So I received their products, I, I worked with them very closely, so I knew under, at, a, at a pretty uh, pretty strong level uh, what I was expecting from my partner. And so when I had the opportunity to change agencies and come to Vita, uh, it, it really uh, gave me an opportunity to put my money where my mouth is and say, hey, you know what? These are the things I'm asking for. Now in my role at Vita, my job is to deliver it. So some of the things that I'm doing are things that I wanted when I was in transportation. I get it. I wanted it really bad. And so this is my chance to really make a difference and, and serve the agencies in this way. And what's been especially good is that all of the agencies, they all know me. I'm part of their community. I'm one of them. And so they also are my biggest champions saying, hey, how do we work together, Bob? How do we find different things that we're each doing correct in our agencies? And rather than trying to do it in every single agency, multiply, duplicate, do things at small scale, how do we do things at enterprise scale? Uh, for example, uh, one of the agencies is really good at licensing. Okay, you could become the center of excellence for licensing. One of them's very good at grants management. One of them's very good at Salesforce and low-code, no-code. We're seeing those pockets of expertise step up and so my role is to cultivate and, and drive those enterprise capabilities at all levels. Yeah. So last question, you are a State Scoop 50 winner this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and, and 50 of your greatest friends. Uh, you know, tell me if you have maybe one or two pieces of advice for the community at large uh, about succeeding in government IT. What would, what would it be? Uh, my, my, my key bit of advice is teamwork. You know, and even though I was recognized and named as, as the, award, the award recipient, the fact of the matter is, is this is a team award. Uh, it, it is my staff at Vita that are doing tremendous work each and every day. Uh, it is the agencies that I'm serving that I work together with, uh, and it's the vendor community that's all part of that ecosystem. So uh, 
you know, I'm very grateful and, and, and happy to receive the award, but I'm receiving it on behalf of them. They're the ones who really earned it, and we work together as a team to make it happen and continue delivering results for all Virginians in my state. Bob Osmond, Chief Information Officer for the Commonwealth of Virginia. You can read more about him and his approach to agency services at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. I'm Jake Williams, host of the Priorities Podcast. Next week on the show, you'll hear from Georgia CIO Shanzia Thomas about how she's approaching IT in the state. You can subscribe to the show at PrioritiesPodcast.com and in links in today's show notes. Connecticut is continuing its digital government journey. After legislative and executive support for digital transformation, Connecticut CIO Mark Raymond says he's focused on simplifying resident interaction with government digital services. Raymond tells me how he's getting that done. We're really proud of where we are on our journey. You know, our governor, Governor Lamont, has done some fantastic things. And our next phases are coming up in a couple of weeks, so we're really excited. First is a dashboard called health.ct.gov, which brings together a personalized experience for those folks who are our beneficiaries of our health and human service program. So really simplifying their interaction with government in a way that makes it easy for them uh, will really help with our public health emergency unwinding. So being able to communicate with our citizens and have them know what's coming next for them. So we're really excited about that. At the same time, we're using the same platform to work with our jobs. So we have jobs.ct.gov, where it brings together all our resources about building new careers that are in demand, getting training if you're transitioning from one environment to another. So a multi-agency response to building some of our critical workforce skills. That's really neat. So, so when you have a, a, a project like that, uh, you know, it's, it's more than just putting up a flashy website, right? Yeah. You're, you're pulling data together, you're pulling opportunities together. Uh, go a little deeper. Tell us how, how you make that kind of thing happen in yeah. an agency like yours. It's a great question. It starts with a concept, like, hey, what areas do we think we can get better? And then goes to research. We actually go talk to the individual who'd be affected by that. What do you struggle with? How could we make it easier? The last ones we do talk to are the government sort of program people. They view the world in a certain way. But we found if we can simplify and provide what the public needs, the rest of our administrative processes become much easier. And we're seen as someone who's helping someone versus trying to chase them around for compliance afterwards. So starts with research and concepts, works towards implementation, and you know that multi-agency working together on it, it can be the hardest part. And to, to circle back on the sort of the overarching digital government journey, I mean, again, it's been a couple of years and, and I know we've talked about it in yeah. different iterations along the way. How do these types of dashboards and, and tools sort of fit into that overarching journey? Well, it all builds together to the point where our citizens are now more able to use technology, they demand it from us, and so we can meet them at a place that simplifies their interaction with government. Some people will never be able to use that. They either choose not to or don't want to. So if, but if we can serve the people who do this way, it allows us to free up resources to work with those who may need special attention or have really complex cases. So it all builds to that putting the citizen in charge of their interaction and delivering to what it is that they need. That's great. Uh, you know, big trending topic that we're hearing increasingly more and more about, uh, and it's been around for a while, but it, it, I think it's still emerging in some ways is AI. Yeah. Uh, you know, how are you approaching AI? How are you integrating it into some of the other things that you have going on? Well, it's a really interesting topic, and it's getting a lot of discussion. Uh, I think 
our approach is to lead with a policy-driven approach. So we're working quite closely with our, our sister agencies to say, how do we want to approach this? There's tremendous benefit in some areas of what we do, but it can be scary for others, right? The questions of bias are really important to folks. Unfortunately, most of the bias would be in the data that we have collected over generations, right? But we believe we can use technology and, and artificial intelligence technology to check our outcomes. So, you know, both looking at our human decisions and the machine-based decisions to bring greater equity to what it is that we do. So, you know, leading it with policy helps us to be nimble for the changing technology world. Um, it, it, getting too much of that in law slows down the entirety of the process. So, so we're really working with the legislature on how to do that. And so, you know, you've been in your role now for more than 10 years. Uh, and so AI is probably not the first newer thing that you've sort of shepherded into existence. I mean, when, when you're getting those agencies on board, getting all those decision makers sort of on the same page with something new, I mean, how, how do you do that? How do you have those conversations? How do you bring them into the fold? Well, first is to paint a picture of what the world can look like if we address some of these things, right? They are, our legislators often deal with a lot of constituent complaints and requests, and, and so painting for them a world where some of the processes are easier. And, you know, and the work we did with our DMV through the last stages of the pandemic, it used to be a topic of conversation at all of our legislative hearings. Now it's not. Or if it is, it's because of the great work and how happy people are about what that experience is. We want that for all the programs that we have. Mark Raymond, Chief Information Officer for the State of Connecticut. You can read more about him and digital government at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. It's only been a few years since Chris Montgomery stepped away from government service, but now as an executive advisor for VMware on digital transformation and cybersecurity, he's staying close to the public sector. So I'm new to working on the private sector, right? I've only been doing this for about two and a half years now. Um, prior to that, I spent a lot of time working in New York City government, working for the state of New Jersey, and uh, public service near and dear to my heart, and technology is part of my passion. Um, and one of the things that I, I think is really exciting now about sort of where we are today, um, coming out of the pandemic, we are seeing innovation at a scale and a speed that we haven't ever seen before. Um, so it's a good time to be working in this community, right? And, and everybody sort of shares the passion, no matter which side of the fence you're on. Uh, we're all trying to make the world a better place, frankly. And I, I think it's, it's important, and it's, uh, like I said, a really exciting, enthusiastic time. So, you know, I, I, VMware, you're, you're focusing a lot on cyber. So, so tell us a little bit about, specifically in the context of cyber, how are you seeing folks deal with that pace of change? Uh, and how are you helping them get through it? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's... As you mentioned, right, I think we are, government's moving faster than it ever has before. Um, we've got a lot of great missions that we have to support, you know, whether it's getting people to the services that they need, um, making our roadways and our infrastructure more effective, um, and there's a lot of money going into that, right? So, so people have a lot of opportunities now to take on a lot of IT initiatives uh, or, or quasi-IT initiatives, right? We're, we're solving business problems but we're, we're using technology to do it. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in the, that momentum and not necessarily in account for all the risks. Uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do with, with the folks that we work with is really take that pause for a second and, and look at it from a strategic perspective. 
Uh, we don't want to add more complexity to technology solutions. We really want things to become easier to manage, whether that's through automation and AI, right? A lot of excitement around that. Uh, or if it's just a matter of, of just sort of sequencing things in a proper way. Um, we, we've got a lot of opportunities there to, to add some synergy and, and to learn from, from the community at large, right? I mean, one thing I, I really appreciate is that, uh, you know, whether you're talking to folks in New York or Texas or California or Idaho, for example, right? They're, they're all going through this journey and there, there's a lot of lessons learned to be shared. Uh, and there's, you know, while, while every state and every organization is different, there's still a lot of sim similarities. Uh, so we, we want to repeat what's repeatable uh, and, and really make things more effective. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about complexity. One of the big things that I hear from people that I think is super interesting to me is that uh, it's not just not adding complexity, but it's also reducing some of the complexity that's already there and making things a little bit more streamlined. How are you looking at that? And, and what are some of your perspectives there? Yeah, F from a cybersecurity perspective, the, the technology has advanced very rapidly and, and, and is very effective now. Um, I, I think we've seen a lot of organizations in the past add layer upon layer of security, right? That was a, that was a fundamental uh, strategy at one point, right? The, the defense in depth. Um, what that's done though is it's created sort of this unwieldy technology stack and it's harder for the end users that are managing that to be able to keep, keep up with that pace. So, so we're looking to see, you know, how can we take a more platform approach uh, and really consolidate some of those tools, making it a little bit easier. Um, you know, it's, it's a little cliche, but I think we're almost there to where we get to that one pane of glass, one single user interface, user interface um, you know, that makes that job a little easier. I also think that, you know, we've had this real struggle over the last year with manpower, all right, and, and being able to use that effectively. Um, so I'm having good conversations with government organizations about what are the right services to look to outsource or to augment with, you know, professional services. Uh, and I think that's a real strategic question to answer because those types of engagements can really help you retool and retrain your staff to give them sort of a refreshed perspective, right? A lot of the government teams that I led before, um, folks were sitting in the same roles for 20 years and, you know, doing a really good job, but also feeling a little frustrated that, you know, hey, I've been in this box for a little while. Um, and, and honestly, you know, people are change resistant, right? So there, there's a huge human component to this, uh, you know, as we look into advancing that we, we have to manage. And uh, you know that, that, that's a, a big part of what I do um, with our customers is to sort of talk about that organizational change management component to make sure that we're setting up the right environment for success. You are a State Secret 50 winner. You, you, you have this background in the public sector, now bringing that to the private sector. What, what piece of advice do you have for your peers? Not just private, not just public, but sort of across the board in this community. What advice do you have for those folks? I, I think, you know, the one thing that I really advise people on, uh, it, it's, it's all about the people. It, it's really all about the human element. And whether it's your customer that you're dealing with, uh, put yourself in their shoes, whether it's the staff that you're supervising, you, you've got to kind of look at it from their lens, because this is a really big shift that we're making. Um, it's exciting, and a lot of great things can come of it, but it also can be overwhelming. And sometimes just, just getting that, you know, sort of check-in conversation takes the edge off of people and, and really can help the projects and the initiatives be successful.
Chris Montgomery, Executive Strategist and Advisor on Digital Transformation and Cybersecurity at VMware. You can read more about him and meet the rest of the 2023 StateScoop 50 Award winners at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Carlin Fisher helps put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.